Happy Monday, everybody, and welcome to another Listenable bonus. So these are meant to be just, you know, quick chats between Dylan and myself as we talk about disability issues that might come up in the news, or maybe we break the news ourselves. We are the news. Bonus, 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 bonus. Um, you're going to love this one, Dylan. It's a really great article written by Mel Dimmitt. Of course, once again, if you want to read the full article, because we are paraphrasing moments, because it was a long article, but a great article, and deserves a full read, it's in our show notes. But she wrote, when you're the parent of someone living with disability, the right support worker makes all the difference. Parenting can be a challenge, but you can check out any bookstore for helpful advice. However, if your baby bucks the trend like my son Arlo did, I'd argue we're the ones who are winging it. Arlo has quadriplegic cerebral palsy, a disability that means he needs substantial and specific support to go about his day. Beyond the basics of helping him to eat, drink, dress and get around, it takes a bit of time to get to know our son. Arlo's non-verbal, so he can't tell you that his favourite book is Going on a Bear Hunt, that nothing is funnier than sneezes in quick succession, and that he loves temp in bowling. Something we wouldn't have known had it not been for Arlo's disability support worker, Maddie, who suggested we visit our local bowling alley. Bowling is just one example of how Maddie has supported our son and family to live a more fulfilled life. But do you know what a disability support worker is? Dylan, I thought you could come in there for someone like myself who's able-bodied. Yeah, disability support workers are so important. Um, I used to, as a kid, they used to be called home care. There still is home care packages, but support workers been someone that's been sprung into the spotlight, especially with the NDIS. It's someone that comes in and, and, and helps you with your everyday life, getting ready, getting dressed, going to the bathroom, cooking your food, taking your shopping, educating you, you know, playing the guitar together, whatever it is. An example of why it's important is when I was a kid, my mum and dad used to go out for dinner and they would get given whoever they were given from the council to look after Zach and I. You've got a, a kid. You can't get youngest. a babysitter, obviously. You can't just get the next door neighbour who's 13 years old to come well, around yeah, and look after Dylan in a wheelchair. You need a babysitter so often that you got to pay for it. This is this was government funding, for example, right? Would you leave your child with a random that is like just getting you never met until they come in? Like that makes you anxious, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah, no, yeah, of course not. And for Zach and I, like, I mean, we used to get support workers. So one of them would come and they'd be awesome. We had some great ones like Tracy and Doxy. Look at me, I still remember their names. Um, and then we had some who were like, you know, 80-year-old people who just didn't get us, right? Didn't understand us and it made it really hard for my parents, really hard for us. And some people with high-level disabilities, Angus, they need a support. We've had them on this podcast. They need a support worker every day to get them dressed, every day to go to the bathroom, whatever it is. So they play such a pivotal role and that's why it's important to get a good one. And I'm interested to see what this, this mum's um, said. Yeah, Mel went on to say, two years ago, our family moved to Sydney to the, from Sydney to the Southern Highlands. We dabbled in disability support in the city and thought we'd struggle to find anyone out in the sticks. But as chance would have it, a support worker was living just up the road, Maddie, an occupational therapy student. With her knowledge of early intervention therapy, Maddie seamlessly incorporates Arlo's physio, OT and speech exercises into their play. She also helps us wrangle Arlo's telehealth appointments with his team in Sydney and has linked us with local therapy providers. Uh, soon after we started working with her, Maddie hooked me up for a coffee date with her mother, Sarah, whose son, Harry, is another of Maddie's clients. It was love at first sip, and Sarah and I have since brought our families together for many gatherings. We moved to a new town not knowing anyone, and now because of Maddie, we have friends and great therapists for Arlo. But this isn't the most incredible thing that comes from our support relationship. It just shows how much of a importance that role plays in a family, not just for the person living with disability. I used to get a support worker to take me to... Um physiotherapy and then end up being training for sport right because i had to drive there's only one place that had tennis and basketball in victoria and they were both an hour from my house right mm. one way because my parents used to have to do that we got a support worker and you can literally write i want someone between 25 and 35 in this area who likes basketball and can drive a car and you can find a support worker for that 
that person might like basketball. They might educate someone with disability about basketball. Like it would have helped me. Mm. Look at me. I would have been like, my mind would have been blown if, if you could find someone with, and also the, the, the common interest. Like we've got a partner of mine at work, Danny, her son, Xander, he gets to support work. You know, Xander, mm. Angus, and like he's got a sport worker that loves the same thing that he does and they do it all day and they're like best mates, right? And it's so cool to see. And I think it's a sector where people are starting to get involved a lot more, which is awesome, you know, because if you, I'm not sure what you want to do with your life. You want to help people. It's a great way to do it because you actually are. They make my life easier, but they make some people with disabilities' life possible. Love that. They're the most important person that comes into their house every single day. The full article, like I said, is below. Um, but now I'm just riffing off my own questions. Can you find the person who has the right working model as a support worker, but the wrong personality for the household? Does that yeah, exist? Sure. So they're in, like the work they do is incredible. They're quick. They're efficient. They're the best person for the job if it was only the job that was incorporated but they just don't mix well and how do you how do you deal with that what happens we just get it i mean back in the day you sucked sucked it up mm. these days you can get a new one which is great I, I think about it like if we you know hire someone at listen able and they're awesome at their job but they're a complete idiot and we don't like them personally mm. are we going to keep them or not you're going to make that decision you know what i mean obviously we hired our our producer meals and we're having that problem because she's so good at her job but i no, nah, no nah, we love your meals just kidding please don't cut that out i love you um can anyone with disability have a support worker it's in your funding package. So yep. it's in the NDIS or your home care. If not, you can pay for it yep. up front as well. Um, but obviously, the brutal thing about the NDIS at the moment is people get in their packages cut mm-hmm. and what's getting cut is support work hours. Yep. So that means family members have to look after them. They're not having a shower every day, only every third day because that's all they have in their package. Can you see how this is devastating? Mm-hmm. So now you know why people are getting really upset about it and um, that's the big knock on the NDIS at the moment is the money's getting spent on red tape, legal fees, bureaucrats. It's not getting spent where it needs to get spent and that's why people's plans get cut. And my last question is, because uh, you work in this space um, and you know it so well, what you know, we've already spoken about what the past looks like and what the present looks like and the advances that have happened in 20 years, five years probably. What's the future look like? Is it, Can you forecast something in the future of what you think support work would look like in disability space? Getting people invested in training and remuneration so they want to have the best people doing it. Does that make sense? Often we, you would lose a lot of people to nursing or whatever it is. I think it's getting good people in and, and knowing that they're going to be looked after and they're going to get work and they're going to be funded and stuff like that is probably the most important thing. But choice and control is everything, brother. Choice and control. All you need is choice over who comes into your house and control on how you pay for it. And that's the whole point of the NDIS. And that's another bonus. So thank you very much, bonus. Mel Dimmitt, for bringing this up. Um, uh, we'll see you on the next episode with another guest on Listen Able. Until then, everyone. Bye.